So moving on from that, today I want to talk about uh, this topic of really, you know, um, uh, it's, it's God needs a man. God needs a man. I, I've, I've thought about it so many times. I'm thinking the word need, to put God in a needy space. I wasn't particularly comfortable with that. But then, uh, looking at the importance of what it is, uh, I struggled to find a replacement for that. Um, so God needs a man. And, and as we continue with this, uh, I pray that God will speak to someone's heart in this place. God genuinely needs you to step up. God genuinely needs you to arise to do something for him. God needs you to shine, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. God wants you to step out of where you are and do something more than you've ever done before. So the need of God or for man is that man will rise up to fulfill the purpose that he has created for that man. That you would arise and become who God wants you to become. But specifically, why do I say God needs Amen. There will come a time in our lives and in the things that we go through that we might need to step up to a particular task. And, 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 and messages like these, maybe some people will quickly remove themselves and say, this isn't for me. But I want you to follow me closely because it might seem though that it's not for you today, but it might be for you tomorrow. So I want you to follow this because there will be a time that God will make a cry in your family and God would expect you to rise up. There'll be a time that God will cry in your town. God will cry in your office. God will make a call, you know, in your office or in your family or in the society. And God wants somebody to act in. God wants somebody to step up. God wants somebody to arise. God wants somebody to do something about it. So when you look in the Bible, there are so many times. I'm telling you, what I want to do today is to inspire you with a few examples. But of course, as I will be doing that, God will be giving you more there will be there's so many examples in the bible that god listening to this and you got to follow this that god listening to this god was unable listening to this to implement a particular thing because there was nobody to use you see why i would use the word god needs a man there's so many instances in the bible that god god wanted to do something but there was nobody to do it And you see, there are so many things in the world we complain about. There are so many things we talk about. Why is that happening? Why is that not happening? Why is my life like this? Why is my country like this? Why is my society like this? Why are my children like this? Why is my husband like this? We have so many questions we're asking. But you know what? God is waiting on you. God is waiting on many of us to just have a change in our mindset to begin to do something that he wants us to do. And so, in the Bible, you see so many times, God just wants a guy. God just wants someone to just step up in order for him to fulfill that which he has already planned. So, in the plan and the agenda of God, we are not decorations. We are not flowers just to be looked at. We're not, we're not any of those things. We are not ornaments. We're supposed to be practically engaged in the plan and in the purpose of the almighty god we're supposed to be involved we have to be involved this listen to this there is 
everything that is happening in the world right now, anybody can blame God if they want to blame God. But you see, it's not God. Because it's God who has created the word and put you and I here, follow this, to determine what happens and to make things happen. And the things we don't do would remain undone. Now, this is serious. And that's why when you grasp this, you will know that you are needed. I'm telling you, you're needed in your life, in your marriage, you're needed in your finances, you're needed in your society, you are needed in the church, you are needed in the kingdom of God. But there are so many people who will come to church every day of their life and it's not even done on them that they're so desperately needed to solve a problem. Tell your neighbor, you are created to solve a problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell the person, you are created to solve a problem. And that is scary. That's scary because I don't know how many people, if I begin to ask you one by one and ask you what problem have you ever solved in your life? You know, I want to tell you that for many, many people, the problem they've solved is all of those things. We go back to it again. They've been able to put food on their own table. They've been able to provide for their own family. They've been able to buy their own house and they've been able to buy their own car or cars and they've been able to do all of those things. Fantastic. You've solved the problem. But you see, God wants you to solve problem that are beyond you and God will never give you a purpose that will be complete without being helpful to another man I repeat that God will never give you a purpose and God will not send you into this world to fulfill a purpose that is completely and fully centered on you Praise God. Uh, that is completely, you know, centered on you alone. So everything God has blessed you with and every opportunity God has given to you is because he needs you to do something. He needs you to do something that is beyond yourself. And that is the truth. So before I go to some of the examples, let me, let me start with the ones that we are very, very familiar with. We are very, very familiar with some, of, some examples. Like, let's go quickly to the beginning. And uh, of course, uh, in, in Exodus, you know a man called Moses. You know a man called Moses. If there was no Moses to step up, I don't want to go into Bible timeline then you would see how serious it is that God would wait for someone to turn up. I'll give you another example that, you know, we know about Daniel. Daniel said, I read the book, I understood by the books that the captivity of Zion should be for 70 years. And they began to pray. Now, Bible's history and timeline has it that in fact, that the captivity was slightly to be shot. But then God told the children of Israel that 400 years they're going to be in Egypt. But he spent more than that. All of those two situations were determined not by God, but by man. Because nobody wants to step up. The challenge you have in your marriage is not going to be resolved outside of your contribution. The challenges you have in your life, it's not going to be magically whiffed aside without your involvement. 
God needs a man. God is waiting on you to listen to his words and act. God is waiting on you to allow his words to change your character. God is waiting on you to allow his words to change your perception and the way you see things. God is waiting on you so that the word that you are listening to and the workings of the Holy Spirit, you are yielded to the Holy Spirit so that you can do what you need to do to make things happen. It's waiting on you. It's waiting on me. God needs you. Turn to your neighbor. Tell the person, God needs you. Tell the person, you're too important to be quiet. God needs you. Tell the person, you're too important not to do anything. We all need you. God needs us. Ezekiel chapter 22, 20, I'll read from 29. I actually have 23 to 31, but you can write that down. But I'll read from 29. Please do me a favor. Go and read at home. Read more. But I'm just going to pick it up from 29. It says, this is basically the children of Israel all the time. You know, <laughs> all the time. The people of the land have used, I want you to follow this. The people of the land have used oppressions. When I, when I was reading this, I was just thinking about the leadership of this world. I was just thinking about this country. And thinking about the country of my fathers. <laughs> thinking about all of those things. And I'm thinking, how right can the Bible be all the time? The people of the land have used oppressions. We see that all the time. Committed robbery. Amazon, they don't need to carry gun to commit robbery. They just need a nice pen. And mistreated the poor. Do you see that all the time? Mistreated the poor and take advantage of the needy. And they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. Let me be a little bit political. Me and my son, we're always arguing. And the argument is, you will say my ideas are left. And I will say, I am not left and I am not right. <laughs> but I'm very sure he's thinking now that I'm already preaching a left agenda. <laughs> the people of the land have used oppressions. Committed robbery. And mistreated the poor. And the needy. And they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. That's the story of our world, true or false. Do we not see that all the time? You know, see people get into authority and then, and then the poor becomes poorer and poorer. And the world is set up such that every time you want to attack, you attack the poor. Almost all the oligarchs that are being dealt with in Russia, their children are not even in Russia. They don't feel it that much. And their money is so much separated and distributed that... Almost all the sanctions cannot reduce the quality of their lives. They probably just lose a bit of money. But you know who's going to affect? You and I, Russians. Everybody say, I'm a Russian. <laughs> you and I, Russians, that you cannot assess your small money in the bank. And you can't buy food. That's how it is. Go to a country like Nigeria. Who are the people suffering? The poor. Sanctions, the poor, everything, no importation of rice. We need to eat the rice that is manufactured in our fatherland, in Ogun State. All right. Who's going to suffer? The rich 
they can get a full container of imported rice to Nigeria and call it personal effect. Yeah. And nothing is going to happen. But listen to this. How many of us are comfortable to see evil around us and close our eyes? God needs you. God needs you. God needs you. And some of us are thinking, Pastor, we're in church. This small, I'm just in my own small little space. In your small little space, are you blind to injustice? In your small little space, do you stand for the truth? In your small little space, do you speak the truth? In your small little place, when you find people who are in distress and pain and they're in the needy, do you step out to do something? In that your small little space. The Bible says that after they've done all of this, then God said, I saw for a man among them. Not I looked, I sought for a man among them. Not just some random check, no, I sought. God was seeking. And you know to seek is different from to look for. Hello? It shows more involvement, tenacity. It shows commitment. God said, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap. Who will make a wall. There are many ways to look at this. But make a wall means become their defense. Make a wall. Become the defense. God was looking for a man who was going to stand up and say, enough is enough. We cannot continue to do this to people. We cannot continue with oppression. We cannot continue to do this. We can't continue to see people amongst us who don't have food to it. And nobody wants to do anything about it. Some of us have towns and villages. And the only time you go back or do anything is to show your wealth. So show your wealth. Come on. Maybe some of you are going to be angry right now. You're thinking more of building houses in the villages and people around your house are so poor. You're not giving them anything. I'm not against building houses in your villages. Please don't get me wrong. Do what God has sent you to do. I am just saying that maybe life is more than that. Maybe there are things that should take preeminence. I sought for a man among them who would make a wall. Listen to this. I am not speaking to Christians who are just comfortable that they're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. Say amen. I'm not just talking about Christians. Everything I think about, hey, if I can only make heaven. So when you make heaven and God says, okay, now you're here. What did you do? If I can just make heaven, heaven. If God wants you to just make heaven, you get born again, he kills you. It's not hard. Jesus said, Occupy till I come. He said, I gave you these talents not to look at them. 
I gave you these gifts not for decoration. I gave you these opportunities not so that you can be fed and be happy for yourself alone. I gave you these so that you can occupy. How long have you been serving God? What have you occupied? Me, 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 food on my table. That's what is destroying our influence in this world. Do you need food on your table? Of course it is. But God said, I'm looking for one to make a wall and stand in the gap. You know what it means to stand in the gap? To stand in the gap is to stand for the protection of something, to make a defense against an attack. That's what it means to stand in the gap. So what it means, standing in the gap is just simple. It just means that's a group, that's a group, all right? There's a gap in the middle. What's that gap for? Gap, that gap is the battlefront. Do you understand? Because you come from there, you come from there, and you fight in the middle. Do you get my point? So that is where the danger is. So the guy who stands in the gap. So you see, people who are in the prayer department, if you don't know what it means to stand in the gap, and if you don't take care of yourself, may you not be shot unnecessarily, all right? So you see, so when you stand in the gap, you stand in the defense. So, you're standing in the gap for a group. So, there's an attack on this group, and then you stand in the gap. Like presently in Ukraine, some guys are standing in the gap for Kiev. I mean, dangerous. I was listening to one of the guys, and, and I'm thinking, this guy, I don't know. The kind of statement he was saying, I'm thinking, this guy is ready to defend. The guy said he doesn't have any problem with Russia. He said he just know that history will have it, that Kiev is a mass cemetery for the Russians. <laughs> Those are people who are ready to defend. The mountain every village, and also on. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not partisan, don't get me wrong. All right? I'm not at all. You know, and that's why when I ask us to pray, I always ask us to pray for Russia, pray for Ukraine, and pray for everyone. I'm just telling you what it means to stand in the gap, is to stand in the space of the attack. Are you ready to bear somebody's burden? Are you ready to just pray for someone instead of praying for yourself every day of your life? Are you ready to just go to God and say, God, instead of grumbling and complaining about that sister, can you stay in the gap and stand in the gap and say, God, have mercy? Or are you someone that when something wrong is happening to someone, you're going to say, yeah, she deserved it. What's my own? What's your soul? You shall reap. If you reap everything you've sown, you won't be here. Because some of us are so, are so religious in our mindset and so legalistic that we embrace doctrines that we don't understand. So what you sow, that's what you shall reap. No, you need to understand scripture very well. It's not, it's not as generic as you think it is. Because if it is, you're, I'm dead, you're dead. Because we have sown in iniquity, we reap in righteousness. Many of us. That's why when we pray, we say, when we've been unfaithful, you remain faithful. When you've sown unfaithfulness, let God cause you to reap it. You will, you will know what has happened. <laughs> you know, because we say things, we don't really process it. But, we, but it's good as a weapon when we want to attack someone. But when you think it for yourself. <laughs> I remember I was, I was preaching somewhere about getting over debt, you know, financial debt. You know, it was a training. And then I asked them a question. I said, 
How many of you will want God to cancel your debt? Everybody lifted up their hand. I said, wow, that's great. He said, but how many of you now, you're here now, put down your hand. Somebody is owing you, you want God to cancel it, nobody. So you see the wickedness of the heart of man. We're very wicked and selfish. When you owe people, you want God to cancel it. When they owe you, you want God never to cancel it. Can you see that we're not sincere? And so I told them in that meeting, I think, this, this, the meeting was supposed to be something death cancellation. I said, never, I'm not doing it. God will give you power to do it. Pray. The same anointing that can cancel it is the same anointing that can pay it. True or false? We are selfish. Do you understand? We're selfish. When we want to attack people, we quote scriptures. No, God wants you to stand in the gap. God wants you to do what? Stand in the gap. I pray God will give you grace to stand in the gap. There are people in your family that needs you to stand in the gap for them. It might be financial. It might be emotional. It might be, it might be, it might be anything. It might be in prayers. God needs a man. And you think your prayer doesn't mean a lot? It does mean a lot. God wants you to stand in the gap. God needs you. I can tell you in so many things. What about for our children? Spouses. Maybe the reason your husband is still like that or you think your wife is Jezebel is because you have really not stood in the gap. You've complained. Well, you grumbled. Oh, yeah. You have winched and you have turned to a winger. Yeah. But you know what you have not done? Stand in the gap. Praise God. It is amazing what we are able to do when we release ourselves. But this is this. God said that I should not destroy the land. In other words, so that calamity will not come upon the land. Because of course, when you have oppression, you have all of those things. It's just an accident waiting to happen. It's a recipe for insurgence. It's a recipe for warfare. It's a recipe for all of that. He said, but I found none. This is the painful thing. But I found no one. I found no one. If God calls in your home, in your family, in your society for a man to stand in the gap and you are there, do you want the, do you want the result to be we found no one? When God asks questions in your family, do you want the result to be found no one? You've been praying, you've been praying, God, show up in my marriage, show up in my finance. And then the angels of God are trying to look. And then the report is, we'll find no one. Will you be found when God needs someone? Or will you be hiding? Will you be found? Will I be found? I need the word of God too. Amen. <laughs> Will I be found? As I was singing that song, when the Lord needs somebody, here I am. Send me. Let me give you some quick examples in the Bible and then we'll begin to bring this together. I believe God is already ministering to someone now and God is telling you you need to rise up. 
You need to arise. You need to shine. You need to get off your comfort zone. You need to step up because God needs you and we need you. You are not a waste of space. No. If you are not needed, you won't be created. You don't make something to find what it will do. Always and all the time, the assignment and the job exists before the product. You know that. Say, okay, I am going, we are going to design something. And the something will just be flat. And the something will just have some, some something inside. And then when we finish doing the something, we will now see what that something will do. Does that not sound like madness? It's never like that. It's always... We need people to be able to see pictures. So we are going to design something that is flat. And then we have, in those days, now things are different. The capacitors and everything and all of that. Inside, put it together. And then we're going to get all of this done. And then people will be able to see pictures. You start from the purpose. I won't be here except God as a reason for me. If you're not needed, you wouldn't have come. Turn to your neighbor, tell the person, you are needed. And tell the person, that means you are important. It's one thing to be wanted, it's another thing to be needed. You can discard what you want and say, I don't want it again. When you need it, you can discard it. Because you need it. If you discard it, you will have a vacancy. Hallelujah. I pray that you would, people will find need for you. Let's look at some, some just, just, there are so many examples we've already talked about. Almost all the key guys in the Bible were people that were needed by God and they stood up. Almost everyone. But I want to show you this few. Do you remember a guy called Ananias? Anybody know a guy called Ananias? Ananias was a man that we knew nothing about until God dashed Paul, Saul, with blindness. We didn't know anything about him. Saul was a man who was a tyrant. He was, he was ruthless. He was, he was doing the work of Satan. Saul was someone who was arresting and, and supporting the execution of people who called on the name of Jesus Christ. But what happened? God met him. We're on the road to Damascus. And then I'll read from 10 of, verse nine, of chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am Lord. So the Lord said to him, arrive and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the out of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man. Everybody say, a man. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his eye. God had placed his hand upon Saul, but yet God, now I'm, I'm saying my, I'm reading mine now. God had placed his hand on Saul, but yet he needed a man to complete and perfect that which he wanted to do. Isn't that amazing? Question, 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 question. Because people will say, you know, everybody, our God is just in our hearts. We don't, we, nobody needs pastor. You are a liar. You don't know the Bible. 
You don't need, don't let them deceive you. You don't need any prophet over your life. You don't need any. The Satan has disillusioned you. It's unscriptural. You are without a covering. You are playing with fire. God needs a man to implement many things. Now, if I didn't want to read this, I would have gone to the Old Testament to show you that why did God tell the priests, this is how to pray for the children of Israel. Tell them, the Lord bless you. Why didn't he just bless them? Why didn't he just bless them? Do you think God is mute? In the, in the same mouth that it is using to tell someone to say it, why did he not say it? Uh-uh. These are serious principles. I pray God will open your eyes and your heart. Why did he not say it? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Why did he not say it by himself? So why didn't God, now that he has spoken clearly to Saul, hello, clearly, he said, oh, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus Christ, whom you are persecuting. I want to tell you, that he, he had an encounter with God, but he was still blind. Listen to this. He had an encounter with God, but he was still blind. And God didn't open his eyes. God sent a man. Everybody say, a man. God sent a man that you might think is not important. The Bible didn't say he was a prophet. He was a priest. No, he was just a man. Everybody say, a man. I didn't say God needs a pastor. I didn't say God needs an apostle. I didn't say God needs a prophet. I said God needs a man. And listen to these women, you are included, all right? God needs a man. And so God questioned, why didn't God do it by himself? Because there are many things in this world that God would want us to take charge of. There's need for man-to-man operation. There's need for man to be there to help man. If not, why are we here? When on zombies, we're here for a reason. And so Ananias had to step out. If I were you, I know if you were Ananias, <laughs> you know what we're going to say? Let's say, God, if you're convinced that you have touched his life and you have converted him, oh Lord, is it not a small thing for thou? To open his eyes. Why do I have to go? This guy is a dangerous guy. There's a many lessons to learn there, but not for today. This is a dangerous guy. Some of us are going to be sent to dangerous terrain. You have so many questions. You're thinking, well, God, you can do it by yourself. Yes, he can do it by himself, but he wants you to do it. Okay. All right. That's why you're here. That's why you were born. That's why he created you. Why does it, why, 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 you know, listen to this, listen to this. Except you are in a country where, you know, uh, they have to ration things that are not supposed to be rationed in the 20, 24th century, <laughs> you know. Uh, you, know uh, you know, it's like, it's like you, have, you have an AC in your room and then you have your, 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 your cardboard blowing yourself. Hello, you remember cardboard blowing yourself? So that you don't feel too hot? But you have AC, you have fun walking. Would you do that? You are so important. Look at some other person. You are so, so important. And you are so, so, so needed. So God sent Ananias. Ananias was scared of Saul, obviously. He said it. He said, oh, he said I've heard about that guy. That guy is dangerous. 
Because it's not about the guy being dangerous. I have sent you. When God sends you and you accept to go, he will bring down every mountain. When God sends you and you agree to go, he is not sending you to kill you. He's sending you to conquer. He's sending you to be victorious. He's sending you to take charge, to be in control, to be someone. He's sending you to be the father of Pharaoh. I'll get to that. Hello? God sent Ananias. Another example. You remember Cornelius? Anybody know Uncle Cornelius? He was a good man. He was a fantastic man. Wow. He gave, he gave offering. He built for God. He was, this guy was great and fantastic. But you know what? You know what? With all of that, he was not going to have everything of God without a man sent by God. With all of that, the best God could do for him was to tell him, now I have seen how good you are. I will send you a man that will tell you what you really need to do. Question. When God was telling him that he was going to tell him, send him a man, why didn't he tell him what the man was coming to say? Hello? The Bible didn't say the guy couldn't hear. And the Bible didn't say God couldn't talk. And the Bible didn't say the guy couldn't decipher what God was saying. But yet, God told him, I will send you a man to tell you. And God did not tell him what the man was going to tell him. And God relied. God, God relied on the man that he was sending to deliver the word to him. And God didn't tell him. Why? You know why? The reason is because Peter had been created to do that job. Look at some other person, you are a witness. That's why you have to preach. He said, but the Holy Spirit can do it. No, you pray, but you talk. You preach. You say, well, you know, I, I don't know if you've done it before, but I've done it. And I still do it. And God will forgive all of us, including you, because I know you do. God is saying, telling you to say something to someone or to help someone, and then you continue to pray for them. Hello? Hello? You continue to pray for them and say, ah, no, God will speak to them by himself. Father, in the name of Jesus, ah, you will touch Uncle James. Ah, Lord, Brother Habakkuk, may you touch him. God is saying, I have already touched him. You go and tell him that I have touched him. Can you see what I'm talking about? God says, I have done what? I have done it. You go on and tell him that I have done it. Some of us, God wants to send us to go and complete that which he has started. We gotta go. God needs you. Please let me tell you a little more. Tell the person God needs you. Tell the person, sister, God needs you. And you know the truth. You're gonna find yourself in a lot of environments that you would clearly see and feel that God wants you to do something. May you arise. And may you do that which God wants you to do. So Peter, after questioning with God, questioning God, and said, God, you know, I think I was saying that, was it last Sunday? I can't remember. You know, and say, God, 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 no, I don't do things like that. I don't do things like that. I'm a pure guy. I'm a holy guy. I don't meddle with sinners. I don't deal with strangers. I don't deal with Gentiles. I only deal with the Jews. All right. If you want to talk to the Gentiles, you talk to Gentiles, but I'm not going. God said, do not call whatever I have called clean unclean. In other words, shut up your mouth 
and go. But thank God he did. He could still have refused. Hello? Yeah, he could have. Could have. Could have. God told Jonah, go and tell Nineveh. God, Jonah said, no, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Hello? You can refuse when God asks you to do something. But also be ready. Fill in the gap. So Peter went there. And Peter just continued where God stopped. The Lord had already appeared to the guy. They already just told the guy, said, listen to this, listen to this. Fantastic, you have been a great guy. You have been giving arms, you have been doing all of that. But you know what? The reason I'm here is this, you're still not going to go to heaven. Simple. That was what God sent the guy to go and do, in case you don't know. The assignment of Peter was just to tell him that great guy, you've been done very well. God really likes you. God loves you. God has seen that you're such a good guy, but he thinks that if you continue just being good, you're going to end up in hellfire. You need Jesus. Simple message. But the guy's heart was prepared. God will send you to people who are prepared to listen to you. No, he didn't say amen. You were not following me. I said, God will send you to people who are prepared to listen to you. Because the voice of a stranger, they will not hear. You will not speak to strangers. You will speak to those that God has put your word in their heart. Oh, yes. Let's see whether we can do two or three guys, people more. Philip, you know Philip. Philip, you know the eunuch? The guy, you see, God just told Philip, let, let's read Acts chapter 8, 26 to 31. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise, go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. It's a dry land. Everyone say dry. You have no business just living where you are and going through a desert. Okay? But listen. God always has a reason. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, other candidates, the queen of Ethiopians, who were charged of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. Great guy, a worshiper. Everybody say worshiper. He was a worshiper, he was a top guy, he was a great guy, he was a big, big boy. <laughs> and was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit, he the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. Why didn't the spirit explain the scripture to him? Sailor. Why didn't the spirit explain the scripture to him? Because you see, when you don't want to help people, you will, you will put everything on the spirit. Say, if the person is genuinely born again, the Holy Spirit should have told them. No, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit didn't tell them. You go and tell them. If that person is truly born again, you know, if they, no, 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 no. No, you don't help God to do his work. He knows what he's doing. He has designed the best way to do it, the most effective way to do it, and if he needs you to do it, you better obey. Hello? We are important. Look at some other person, I am important. <laughs> you are important. God said, he said, then the spirit said to Philip, 
Not the guy who was coming from worship. Not the guy who was reading the Bible. Not the guy who, no, no, not to him. The spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his child. So Philip ran to him and heard the guy reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone, everybody says someone, there are many people who have a good agenda, good heart. They want to serve God. There are many people who mean well. They want to do what is right. They don't know how. Unless someone guides me and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. God will make the path easy for you when you decide to go. Then, so Philip ran to him, of course. And he asked Philip to come to the boat. And you know the rest of the story. And the Bible says, Philip started what? Preaching the gospel to this guy. God, the guy baptized. Praise God. And Philip disappeared. God will also send you. He'll speak to your heart. It might not look like this, you know, like this grand kind of scenario, kind of, in your own little space. God will speak to you. God will guide you to be there for someone, to be, bring someone inside, to bring support. God needs you to do the things that he wants to do for people. In case you're still thinking more, let's do two more. You remember Uncle Joseph? Let's just read. Joseph, I read Genesis 45, 6 to 8. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Wow. And God sent me before you to prepare posterity for you in the earth to save your lives by great deliverance. Why didn't God do it by himself? He's thinking, why didn't he do it by himself? God is not going to come down and save the poor. God, God is not going to come down and re oppress the oppressed. No, God wants people who are going to stand up. People are going to speak. People are going to be in the gap. People are going to say, no, we're not having this. This is not right. And if there are nobody to speak, their sister would be present. Many of us are too quiet when we see what's wrong. You don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to hurt anyone. You just want to be Mr. Nice where you are against the will and the plan of God and you are pleasing to people. That's not you. That's somebody else, all right? So now it was not you who sent me here, but God has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Someone say amen. amen. God needs a man. God wants to protect the Israelites in another land. Now, this is a beautiful story. God's agenda was to preserve the seed of Abraham. Whilst there will be famine in all the earth, God wanted to protect the seed of Abraham and he went through all of that because, let me just give you this. If you're wondering why Joseph went through everything he went through, he just told you. He went through all of that 
for God to strategically position him to preserve the seed of Abraham. Uh-uh. Yeah. Go and study when you get home. I've just given you a simple conclusion. Okay. That's it. God didn't come down. God sent him. And God walked with him. God gave him gifts and talents. Is he not Joseph the dreamer? The interpreter of dreams? But that's all. No, he wasn't just that. He was also a strategist. If somebody here, God will give you so much power, anointing, grace. You will, have, you will have capacity to plan, to strategize, to deliver results. He was a strategist, a great planner, project director, project manager. The guy was everything. Anointing, he was there. Dream, he can dream. Interpret, he can interpret. See vision, he can see vision. Whatever, stay away from sin. His hands are clean. Whatever. Speak about strategy. Genius. Planning. Intelligent. Speak to princes. Powerful. Anyhow you go, the guy was just packed. Hello. But not for himself. Not for himself. He said, God sent me here. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. In other words, I tell Pharaoh what to do. The Lord of all his house, I am the master. The word Lord means master. I control the affairs of the land. And a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh was a figurehead, a positional head, like we have in some countries, like one they call UK. But somebody else was making decisions. How many people know that the queen, the queen didn't make any decision about coronavirus? None. Not interested. We don't care what she thinks. That's the simple truth. Yes, I know some of us are realists. That's the truth. That's the truth. Just bring it to her. She signs. She cannot refuse the signature. That's another story for another day. But listen to this. That's exactly what this guy was. He was a ruler. He was in charge of everything that was going on. Completely not for him. And I'm going to finish with no other person than the master himself. Jesus Christ. The whole world has been pushed into, into chaos and pandemonium. And there was need for the salvation of man. And God could not do it without a man. For every other person that would attempt to want to do it, they couldn't operate as a man. Oh, come on, this is, if you get this, then you will know that you are really needed. God so needed a man for us, you know, there are so many scriptures that explain that. The Bible says that he had to be of like mind. The Bible talked about him bringing many sons to glory. Even the author of their salvation must suffer like them. You know, we sing that song, he walk where I walk, he speaks the way I speak. We talked about the fact that he had a father, he had a mother. We talked about all of that. All of that is just to tell you that the only way God will be able to bring to pass the plan of salvation was to use a man. And you expect that that same God will turn around 
your marriage without you. You're deceiving yourself. If God would need Jesus, need a man, need the guy, he needed Jesus as a man. Now, come on, let's listen to this. Revelation chapter 5, I read 1 to 7, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll, a, a scroll written inside on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose his seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll. I'll tell you why. They were unable. Not that they didn't want to do it. They were unable to do it. The reason they were unable to do it is simply because what would be required of them, they couldn't do it. Oh, come on, let's move on. They were unable to do it. And then I said, I wept much. This is, this is the, 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 the prophet. Now it's a reverse. This is a reverse vision. So I went, I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll and to look at it. But one of the elders in heaven said to me, do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Moved, moved him from the majesty, the position, the authority, the, the, the power, the potency as the chief, the, 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 the one who is the maker of the heaven and the earth and he immediately linked him to humanity in order for him to deliver the assignment. So it's the root of David linked into humanity because without him being connected to the root of humanity as a man, he wouldn't be able to do it. God needs you. Of course, you know the rest of the story. He said he has prevailed to open the scroll unto Lucy someone says, thank God, that's why you are here. That's why I'm here. And I looked and I behold in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Having seven hearts and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent upon all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Somebody say hallelujah. He walked where we walk. The Bible says it's like us. The Bible says it can feel our infirmity. If God didn't walk through Jesus as a man, I won't be here, you won't be here. If you would not rise up as a man for the people that God has sent you to, how can you help them? How? If we continue to be selfish, the Bible says Jesus Christ, being the very nature of God, consider it not robbery to be equal to God. The Bible says something that needs to be grabbed, something that you need to embrace and hold tight and not let go. The Bible says, but he just released everything. And the Bible says, being found initial as a man, he humbled himself. 